welcome to Cow Punchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. I'm a host, Stuart Kaufman. And I am another host, Amy McLeod. And today we watched the 1940 film Arizona, directed by Wesley Ruggles and starring Gene Arthur, William Holden, and Warren William. How many Williams can you fit in this movie? Warren William Holden. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as a little bit of a preface, we, we stumbled across this across this film because Amy happened to see a poster for the film. Actually, yes, a friend of mine was actually vacationing in Arizona, and while she was in Tombstone, Mm -hmm. she saw an old movie poster for this and thought it was pretty great, and sent it to me, so I sent it to Stu, and now we watched it. Stu, would you like to read... (laughs) Yeah, the uh, it's it's funny because um, part of part of the poster says it says things like the screen's mightiest spectacle of love and adventure. Yes, and it's it's just it goes it's on like, like that lawlessness, lawlessness, a oh, a woman on the edge. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, so I was like, this looks good. It's like one of those painted uh, sort of movie posters. A lot of horses. So we knew we were in for a treat. Um, this is a black and white film. Our first one? Our first black and white film, though the shooters did have some black and white scenes in the beginning. Right, they were like flashbacks. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I do want to comment that Wesley Ruggles, I think, is very proud of this film because his name was very large and listed several times. Yeah, in the opening credits, it's like, oh, Wesley Ruggles production presents Wesley Ruggles directs. Wesley Ruggles is Arizona. Arizona, starring da 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 da, directed by Wesley Ruggles. His name was the largest. So produced by Wesley Ruggles. Oh, another thing from the poster was this movie was made at an incalculable cost. Incalculable. So, um, so that was this this, this film cost infinite dollars. Right, like there's no way to know how much this film costs. They're still trying to calculate the cost. Yeah, of this film. there is an accountant out there. Probably there is an accountant in this film, and I think that is the one who's trying to calculate it because he looked irritated constantly mm-hmm. but anyway let's get into the film go it go at it so first first up um we get some beautiful vistas it looks like it may be from the actual sonoran desert you see some of them uh, nice looking western style cacti mm-hmm. um it's still black and white but everything looks beautiful uh we see a wagon train um full of various settlers there's a good old coot Oh, yeah. Several old coots. A thorough coot. Um, there is what looked to be John Candy. <laughs> Briefly, 1940 John Candy. 1940s John Candy um, running one of the wagons. Uh, there's lots of little dogs. It was kind of nice to see all the little dogs. I don't think we've seen a lot of dogs in Westerns yeah, yet. Yeah, they, they must have gotten a deal on dogs. Yeah, I was like, they trying to, like, you know... They were just like, oh, we got cows and horses and the, you know, the props. A hog. (laughs) Right, a hog. And whoever the props was was like, well, we got all these dogs. (laughs) Oh, we got a turkey. You want a turkey? There was a turkey. There was a turkey, a live turkey. Live turkey, lots of cows, but yeah, lots of little dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of cute. Lots of whip cracking, which was nice. A lot of yaw. Lots of yaw. Whip crack. Um, So... We're basically following our um, male lead, who's mm. Muncie, mm-hmm. coming into Tucson, and it's funny because he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to spend the night in a hotel," and everybody laughs at him. <laughs> ho, ho. They don't, don't, you, don't you know that Tucson's a shithole? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they point it out in the distance, and you're like, "Yeah, it looks like 
not yeah, anything like, at this point. Like 30 buildings. Yeah, and he's like, oh, can't wait for that nice, sweet hotel. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you talking about? Oh, it should be noted that the, it, it starts off with Tucson, 1860. Here we get a Star Wars scroll. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Cla- very classic. Classic Star Wars mm-hmm. scroll with... Uh, Everything going on and how it's lawless west. A long time ago in a west far, far, far away. away. Far, far away from the east. People. <laughs> <laughs> it's very far west. You know, people just trying to make their lives happen. And, they, you know, nothing. There's an old man. He, he knows he's a wizard. Right. He's, got a, he's got a sword. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, it's a different that's the wrong movie. <laughs> Which movie did you watch? I watched Arizona. <laughs> A new Arizona. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Muncie gets into town, and he's trying to get the, the lay of the land, and you see this, this lady, you know, wearing jeans. Oh, God. Um, heavens. <laughs> heavens to Betsy. And she's, like, storming through, stomping through town. She's got her rifle out, and she kind of pushes through this little mm-hmm. boys' club. And um, she uh, marches into a saloon and basically calls out two guys and is like, Put them up. She like holds Whoa. up these two guys, and like I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is, is she like robbing these people? And then she's oh, yeah. like, tells everybody else like, I only have business with these two dudes. Everybody get out. So yeah. everyone and everyone pretty much is like, well, okay, okay, guess, well, yeah, yeah, whatever the lady says. I guess we're gonna go. So basically, she accuses the two gentlemen of robbing her of twelve hundred dollars, eleven eleven hundred dollars, which I was like, that seems like an insane amount of money for back then, especially in that part of the country. Yeah. So she's like, you guys stole eleven hundred dollars from my house, and they're like. No, uh, and then she's like, "Okay, well, I'll just shoot you." And they're like, "Okay, well, maybe we did." So then they, <laughs> they start like, "That'll change your tune." Like, maybe I'll just shoot you. All right, fine. Okay, fine, <laughs> I did it. So then they start, you know, getting little bags of coins out, um, and then Muncie helps count it for her, and they're like, a couple hundred dollars short. So she makes the two men whip each other as punishment, <laughs> like in public. In public, and I'm like. Why? Go, go, go and whip each other. Like five times each. One looked into it, which, you know, yeah. Fine. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, I think he wanted to steal that money so he could get whipped, but, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for Georgie like, to whip oh, me. Yeah, I can't mm. wait. Um, so we, you know, off the bat, we know she's a tough lady. She stands up for herself. Her name's Phoebe. Phoebe Titus. Right, so this is a cool name. Mm-hmm. She stands up for herself. Um... Then we find what her profession is is she makes pies. So she's a frontier baker. <laughs> Phoebe Titus, frontier baker. <laughs> and, and, and at first I thought, because she's like, oh, I make pies because there's a bunch of cowboys like hanging out of her pie stand. And they were like complaining because... I actually thought it was another pie. saloon, like, like like an outdoor just like cheapo saloon. But no, right. she's, it's like, just like a food. She, yeah, yeah, she makes pies. And I thought it was going to be like little like empanadas, little meat pies that people could then eat on the go but she makes like full on it's like a full-sized peach pie peach apple apple pie mm-hmm. which to me was just funny because i'm like people are just buying these whole pies and just eating them which sounds <laughs> awesome and even at one point muncie's like oh i wanted to come over and buy one of your pies for breakfast and i'm like i don't think i could do anything if i bought and ate an entire <laughs> apple pie for breakfast <laughs> Like, I would, I'd be like, this is delicious, I'm going to go back to bed right. and try again tomorrow. Down a whole pot of coffee and go back to bed. Yeah, and then you wake up coffee. the next yeah. day. Yeah. Like, and then you do it all over again. Right, so I'm like, that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we are then introduced to the judge, who I <laughs> call <laughs> Judge Eeyore, because he seems very depressed. Oh. oh he's like, oh. I'm the, because oh, he comes boy. by to get a pie, but she just sold the last one, and he's like, 
shouldn't the judge get some kind of special treatment? And she's yeah. like, nah. Yeah, and through most of the film, his suit slowly deteriorates. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't look great. Um, I think we're just supposed to get the idea that this isn't a very lawful town, so the judge isn't well-respected. <laughs> um, but we see him talk to some criminal, and he's like, you ready to stand trial, uh, Earl, or whatever? He's like sitting on a barrel. And he's like, I don't have a lot of time, make it quick. So basically he goes in, and he's like, well, looks like you blew this guy's head off. You plead guilty or not guilty? And he's like, well, I can't say not guilty because everybody saw me do it. <laughs> and then the judge is like, well, well, what made you act that way? Uh, he just kind of shrugs and he says, drinking. Yeah, literally. <laughs> he's just like, you know, I was drinking. And then the judge is like, all, all right, right, well, yeah, all right. that's a $5 fine for disturbing the peace. And I was like, when did disturbing the peace become a metaphor for murder? Like... <laughs> I'm going to pay more attention now in the news when they say disturbing the peace. Apparently that equals murder. But yeah, the, the justice of the peace, his, uh, it's feel like his motto is, oh man. Oh man, yeah. Every Aww. time he tries to get something his way, he's like, oh. Like, people insult him all the time, and he's like, oh. Shucks. Oh man. Oh jeez. Yes. Uh, at, uh, important note here I wanted to see, because I was like, uh, it's a 1940 film, it kind of looks like it says incalculable cost, but I'm also like, is it? But uh, they are, uh, one of the characters starts playing Genie with the Light Brown Hair. And I was like, when was that, when was that written? I mean, because you, you, it's like a gag, like almost in Bugs Bunny cartoons at the yeah. time. And then I was surprised to find out that it was written in 1854. So it is possible, because mm. I think this film takes place in 1860. Uh, they did, I just said that. He did, yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, so there was time for for him to know that. Yes, he um, Muncie meets up with Phoebe, and of course he serenades her. So the film is kind of it's a bit of a manufactured romance because I mean Phoebe is such a tough lady, but she falls for him pretty fast, and he falls for her pretty fast too. In in her defense, he's almost like the ingenue here. He's just like, where's the hotel? Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, there's he's no hotel. Yeah, he's kind of cute. Like, oh, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, he doesn't know his little baby. Right. Like, oh, oh look at that little baby cowboy. Baby cowboy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, then uh, we kind of skip ahead a little bit. Phoebe, her main goal in the film is she wants to make enough money so that she can start her own cattle ranch. Her dream is to have a cattle ranch, and she's selling pies to make money. Yeah. So, um, there's a guy in town, Lazarus Ward, who mm -hmm. seems like, at this point in the film, kind of just your normal bad guy. He just sells overpriced goods. He brings them in, and he's kind of swindling the town. Mm -hmm. So Phoebe gets with the general goods store owner, Saul, and is like, hey, let's start our own freight company. We could sell stuff at a fair price and show Ward what for. Yeah. So they're like, you know, Saul is like, that sounds great. I'll be your partner. We just need somebody who can run these wagons. And she's like, I know just the guy because we'll just use yeah. Muncie. Yeah, Muncie's all right. He, he doesn't know anything. He does, he, he's, he's dumb. Right. And... Um, so she goes to him and is like, hey, I got a job for you. And he's like, well, I'm going to go to California because I want to go look at it. I go to, as Led Zeppelin once said, going to go to California with an aching in my heart. Yeah. Or something. Something like that. And she, I think, Stu, you were saying this, that she goes from like, 
Oh yes, yeah. I, yeah. She because like up, up to this point in the film, she's just like strong, independent woman, and she's clearly competent, knows what she wants, that sort of thing. And in the course of this conversation, where you know Muncie's like, "Oh, well, I was gonna go to California," and it's like, "I want to see it, see what it's about." Go to L.A., become a movie star. I don't know. I know, right? That's what I kept thinking. He's like, which, I want to be in pictures. Which is 1860, so a movie takes a long time to make because each, yeah. each frame takes like five minutes. Yeah, so <laughs> it could be a while. It could be a while. And then she goes from like in, strong, independent woman who don't need no man to yeah. bummed teen having been turned down for a prom date. Oh, yeah. She gets like all mopey like, oh, you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to take to prom? Right. This sucks. I had everything picked out and everything. And he's like, well... I'll come back after California. Just, like, hang out and wait for me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, Huh? And she's like, whatever. You go look at California. I see if I care. Yeah, there's a lot of it to look at. It's a big state. Yeah. So she does see him off. And I think they... He gives her a little peck on the cheek when he leaves. Uh, But then we have a little bit of a time... Some kind of a time skip. Because the next scene we see a sign... Yeah. For the... What was it? Um... A sign for the new freight business. I forget what it was. It was like Titus and... Titus and uh, Warner, Warner, which is the... Uh, the Saul's last name. Yeah, Saul, yeah, Solomon's last name. So... I like I like how they don't really spell out how much time has passed, but they do it in... Like, they visually show you. Like, yeah. like look, the town's like less of a shithole. Right, like there's more buildings. <laughs> there's more buildings. People aren't living in filth. <laughs> right. The houses are not made of sticks and mud as mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. So, the freight business, it looks like it's booming... Um, they're doing really well. You can tell Lazarus Ward's getting all like, man, someone's like, look, Phoebe's in the freight business. You should go make pies. Ha ha ha. And, oh, I wrote a note here. Because the way the guy, because uh, there's, there's uh, was it, what was his name? Uh, Ward. Yeah. He's like, because he said like, well, if you, if you start hauling freight, then I'll start baking pies. Well, one of his lieutenants starts laughing. Yeah. And he laughs in such a way it sounded like Monty Python esque. Yes. And like, you baking pies. Which made me think, like, Monty Python should have made a Western. Because that sounded like the kind of laugh you see. Why haven't they? That sounds amazing. Oh, that's just a shame. We have lost out. That is no good. So, once we kind of establish that the freight business is going well, um, then we get. Uh, news, the Civil War has broken out. Monty Pythons fight at the OK Corral. Oh, God. This is what America needs. This is what the world needs. The world needs it. (laughs) They need it. They need it. So, um, Civil War has broken out. You get a little snippet from some, um, like, military outpost, and they're like, we gotta make sure, cut off the Confederate supply lines, you gotta leave Arizona, and, you know, Mm -hmm. do what you can to help the cause. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we skip to... Um, oh, and th- th- there's an important scene here because oh. like, there's a big gathering of the crowd. Yes, and people are gathered around. People are pissed because, because like, like they're, they're leaving gonna, us. They're leaving us to get murdered by the Apache. Well, not really. I mean, you guys will be fine, probably. You just got to be nice to the locals. And right. F- furthermore, <laughs> furthermore, I don't know. The government's kind of busy. With the yeah. Civil War and everything. Yeah, they're like they don't care about us. I was like, well, the it's, country's falling apart. Like, you gotta give them a break. Wait, that's kind of not the point. It's not that they're. They don't care. It's that there's bigger priorities. Yeah, but basically it's like they're trying to show the people are scared and they're like, let's just head back east, which part of me is like, well, that's into the war zone. Maybe you're okay out here. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Away from the war zone. But anyway, so 
then Phoebe gets up and is like, you know, we didn't come out here for an easy life. I'm staying. Y'all should stay. Like, we came out here to build something. So let's not abandon it. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, gung-ho. And we see a guy in a very furry top hat. The fuzziest top hat. Oh, we God. just both reflected on this thing. It's just like, I wanted to reach out and touch it. Yeah, I was like, is this, like, made of fur? It's, I it's don't a, know. It's a shag hat. A shag top hat. Um, and it's, he gets up to kind of defend Phoebe and... Didn't somebody say, who are you to have an opinion? Yeah, who are you to have an opinion? Which is such a general weird thing to say. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, you're a person, you're allowed to have an opinion. Now, whether or not your word has weight is another issue, but like... Oh, yeah. To, to deprive someone of having an opinion seems weird. Exactly. You know, like, you would expect somebody to say, like, like who the hell are you? Right. No, you say, who are you to have a thought? Right. Yeah. How how dare you, sir? So this movie does have a lot of really funny funny written lines. I think unintentionally. Um, well, I think well the, the big broad meeting. So, so so Phoebe gets up like on top of a wagon and be like, "Listen, you know, like we can do this. You know, we're not going to leave." And then somebody in the crowd, and you can tell by Phoebe's facial expression that this is going horribly oh, wrong. Yeah, somebody in the crowd is like, "Yeah, let's swear allegiance to the Confederacy. They'll help us." And she's kind of like, uh, "Oh." Uh, uh. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to get political, but <laughs> like, may- maybe let's just let's let's not worry about that so much, but just don't leave the town. <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to, but anyway, then everyone's like, yeah, we're all staying, hooray for the Confederacy, and then like Phoebe leaves and Saul, and she's kind of like, well, that, I mean, I guess I'm glad people are staying, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, they start hauling down, you know, some some. Some jackaloons decide to start hauling down the uh, oh, yeah, American, American flag in the town square, and like you see some, like one guy who we never learned his name, but he appears often in the film. Uh, he looks up, he, up to be um, uh, Latinx uh, descent. Uh, takes his hat off and solemnly holds it over his heart as they pull the American flag down. And like he's a friend of Saul's. Yeah, Jefferson Davis, kind of a problem. Yes, kind <laughs> of a problem. Jefferson Davis, problematic. <laughs> Problematic. So the town secedes. So that yes, the town secedes. Tucson secedes. Um, she has a little bit of a tiff with her partner Saul about how, um, whether or not to keep moving goods. Saul's kind of like, hey, you know, war just broke out. Maybe we should just like take a minute. Yeah, like wait a week, see, see how things pan out. Right, and then start mm-hmm. moving freight. But she's like, no, I'm going to keep doing it. Oh, yeah, that's right. This movie's about wholesale. Right. Yeah, the, the end of the day, this movie's about wholesale. Um, so then we skip ahead to our fancy furry top hat man. who Carteret is his name. Carteret is his name, but to me, he is snidely whiplash because that is exactly who he looks like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without the dark, without the dark black suit. Right. He, he is duded up, though. He is snidely whiplash in a Western. Jefferson Carteret. Mm-hmm. Jeff. He goes in to talk with Ward and calls him an idiot a whole bunch of times. Which we, this begins the part of the film where we slowly see Ward evolve from, you know, uh, like tobacco chewing uh, antagonist to uh, witless boob. Oh, yeah, he gets like dumber from this point on. And at one point, Carteret is like, You're an idiot. And he, you know, Ward pulls out a gun and is like, Nobody can say that about me. And Carteret's like, Well, I just did. And then he puts his gun away. And I'm like, I, Okay. <laughs> All right. So basically, Carteret goes to Ward and is like, "Hey, you know what I think you should do? Now that the the army's gone, 
you should sell a bunch of guns to the local Indian tribes. Yeah, the Apache. And tell them, like, basically have them harass all the other freighting companies except for yours. And the, oh, uh, I, I said Apache, but the real uh, Indian tribe reflected here, I believe they are called uh, the Plot Device. Yes. They, yeah, I don't think they ever say. Yeah, the, the locals are really portrayed as uh, uh, very two-dimensional. Yeah, you don't see much of the the local Indian tribes, like aside from just general shootout views. Yeah, but they, you see one, and they're like, "Oh, look, these ones are friendly," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Okay, I don't. Why don't you just try to be nice?" But whatever. Yeah. Beside the point. Yeah, find out why they're trying to kill you. Yeah. And maybe maybe trade avoid with them or avoid doing what doing they're whatever doing. it is that they hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Basically, we thought that Carteret was maybe a cool guy because he was standing up for Phoebe, but it turns out he just wants to make a bunch of money um, in a shady way. And, of course, this does backfire because Phoebe wants to leave right away to go to get more stuff. Um, and then, of course, the, the Indians drive her off. Um, so she's forced back into town. Freight company not doing so good. But then... Then we get news. We get a little break with more uh, exposition, like Star Wars scroll. Like, oh, the Confederates showed up, and then they left because they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was like they showed up for a little bit, but then they left because, like, we have to go defend something indefensible. So, see you later. Right, we have to go for reasons. <laughs> which, and, uh, which is, uh, you know, historical background. Uh, the Confederate territory of Arizona did exist, uh, and the territory of Arizona, in the federal sense, didn't exist until like halfway through the war. So the Confederates did roll in. Um, part of... <laughs> a little bit of background about the Civil War is the South thought, man, this is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, halfway through 1861, they're just like, oh, oh no. So by, like, 1862, like, the Confederates were just like, yeah, we're going to totally take this, like, territory away from the Union. And then, like, New Orleans fell. And, like, they lost, like, half of, like... <laughs> Like, you know, Tennessee by the end of the first year of the war. I'm like, okay, well... This isn't going well. Well, maybe, maybe we'll come back to this. <laughs> right. Maybe this is not a top priority right now. <laughs> so, hundreds of Union soldiers come in, and it was kind of funny. They kind of pan through the people in the city streets, and mostly people are like, woohoo, yay, hooray, soldiers, they're coming back. There's a couple people who are like, oh no, they're going to kill us all, because we were like... We were Confederates. We were Confederates. Uh, this may have been my idea, and I feel really bad now. Right. And a part of me is like, well, you're all civilians, so they probably aren't going to come in and, like, shoot you. Maybe pistol whip you and be like, what the yeah. hell are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, if there's Stop any, that. like, rattle-rousers, they might take your guns. Exactly. You got any slaves? Guess what? Guess Not what anymore. You, you don't have them anymore. <laughs> um, so. But hooray, Union soldiers are coming in, and then somebody says, ooh, they're coming in from California. California. So then Phoebe's like, oh, maybe my man is there. And, of course, he is. She, she goes briefly man-crazy. Ooh. Right. But she, I don't know. She still seems pretty strong. She's just like... She's pretty sweet on this guy, but she's just like... She's got goals. Yeah, she's she wa- like... She knows what she wants. She, she's not the kind of heroine who is going to abandon her goals for a man. Or immediately gets flighty in the presence of a man. Right. That she's was definitely like, man. I like this man, uh, so he better be on board with what I wants to do. Yeah. Because that's where we going. Mm-hmm. Um... So she invites him over for dinner, and it's cute because she puts on a dress. 
Because there, there was a, a thing when they first met where he was like, do you wear those jeans all the time? And she was like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a weird thing to tell, ask someone. Like, do you wear jeans all the time? I was like, I guess. I, I don't know. The, this It's it's the West. Yeah. It's practical. But it was kind of cute because then later on she was like, you know, I dress, I dress how I dress. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wear a dress. I don't know. Oh, importantly, uh, so... Um, Muncie is uh, in federal blue. Yes, mm-hmm. he is a good. good. He, he is a good union man. Yeah, he's a union man, so he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a dinner, and it's really funny because she cooks him dinner. He comes in, you know, is like, "Oh, you look so pretty in your dress," and she's like, "Well, I got a hot dinner over there for you. You, you know, if you're a real man." Show me what you can do with that. And I was like, that's a really weird thing to say. And then he immediately takes his coat off and his oh belt. What do you think he's going to fuck the turkey? Oh, it was really weird. He like takes one look at that turkey and he's like, this looks amazing. I'm putting my dick in and the bag. And he like, takes his belt off and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and his coat and his jacket. And then it just cuts to like, I guess they've eaten dinner. <laughs> but it's, but it, it just prompted a series of increasingly stupid jokes for the two of us. Be like, yes. I was like, I just watched a man fuck a turkey. <laughs> Highly inappropriate. Highly inappropriate, but man, am I turned on. Right. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yes, they have their weird dinner. Um, <laughs> their weird dinner. And um, she basically talks to him um, a little bit about, like, cause she, he's like, oh, I, you know, I really like you and all that. And she's like, he's like, let's, let's. Let's get together. And she's like, I don't know. And then she starts comparing him to Carteret because she doesn't know that he's a bad guy. And she thinks he's like an upstanding guy. So she's like, I don't know. You're not as cool as him. And he's like, what, do you like him? And she's like, well, I didn't say that. So he asks for a chance to prove himself. And she's like, okay, well, if you want to prove yourself to me, mm-hmm. get me a um, freighting. I want to do army freight. So get me a contract get from me. the colonel get- and... We'll be. We can talk. Give me that federal contract. Because I need that money. Oh, and also, when um, Carteret is mentioned, uh, Muncie insults him by calling him a quote sweet looking dude. Well, that was when he showed up. Oh yeah. He showed oh up, God, you're right. And, yes. Um, she introduces him, and and you kind of see he gets a little like bristles, a little like oh well, that's the guy she was comparing me to. So they kind of sizing him up. He refuses to shake his hand, which is rude, even if you think he is quote. A sweet-looking dude, <laughs> which I don't know how you can say that as an insult. If we if we sell T-shirts, this is going to be one of the first ones. I want to get a name tag, and it's just going to say "sweet-looking dude." <laughs> um, but yeah, but because basically she that came up because she asked, she's like, "Why don't you like him? Like, what's the problem?" And she's like, "He was like, I can't put my finger on it, but he looks like a sweet-looking dude." And I'm like, "What? The, what? <laughs> what does that mean?" Well, dude was a term of uh, was it was, was that a, dis- a bad term? It was a disparaging like like a dandy. That was a dude. A dude? Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> but sweet-looking dude. Sweet also, like, like like too refined. Like, your palms oh, are really soft, gotcha. that sort of thing. He doesn't work. He doesn't work. He's just kind of a schemer. And yeah, I mean, granted, it's true. I mean, like, think of all the time he has to put in that mustache. Yeah, all the oil and wax. It's a very, very razor-sharp yeah, pencil thin mustache. Yes. Yeah. So we cut ahead a little bit, and she did get the army contract. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Carteret, or as I call him, Snidely Whiplash, <laughs> uh, talking to Ward. 
and he wants Ward to spread some rumors about Phoebe so that she'll lose the army contract, the rumor being that she used to work for the Confederates. Carteret is also is calling Ward an idiot at an increasingly uh, Every rapid time. pace. Every single time he talks to him. Like, idiots. Idiot. Uh, stupid. stupid. Dumb. Dumb. Motherfucker. Right, and I'm like, why is he working with this guy? Like, I don't know, man. If someone came in and wanted to be, like, my partner on a business venture and they called me stupid all the time, mm-hmm. I think I'd be like, go fly a kite. Right, like, like I said, like, he's, he's he's now approaching witless boob territory. Yeah, and he's starting to kind of, like, Oh, 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 no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, the boss! <laughs> oh, God, things. So, yeah. So we do find out. Phoebe's contract did get canceled. So, um, then we have Phoebe wake Ward up in the middle of the night out of bed to try and get him to write a note saying, I made it all up because I'm a filthy liar. (laughs) I'm a big dummy. Um, and of course, in the midst of that, there is, you know, they dive for the gun, there's a struggle, but then Muncie shows up right on time. And And it ends with the full slapstick maneuver of pie in the face yes. of Ward. Right, because uh, 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 Phoebe had made a pie for Muncie, and then over the course of these events, it winds up on the floor. Muncie is like upset, uh, or at least fake upset, be like, Look what you've done. To my pie. Pop my pie, and then takes a handful and rubs it in his face, and just completes Ward's turn from like, like glaring possible antagonist to just absolute bumbling idiot bumbling doofus yeah and it's funny because then after he gets the pie in the face he kind of like rubs some of it in like he's tasting the pie and crying so he's like oh Oh. tasty pie (laughs) tasty pie (laughs) so that was just kind of an odd piece of slapstick added into the film it was kind of funny yeah um so at this point um Muncie proposes in a kind of fancy roundabout way. And I would also say that, um, bold statement, uh, it's kind of a romantic reversal here. The sergeant is the romantic one. Yes! In a western you expect to be like, manly man. Right. Was a loner's gotta be alone. Loner's gotta be alone. But like, no, he he's romantic. You know, oh, he, he is the he, whole time. He's a banjo player. He's just kind of a lover yeah. and a sweetheart. He's a he's a free spirit, you know, and she's the like, I got a business to run. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Dollars and cents. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he does propose, and then she's like, you know what? I'll marry you. I'm going to give you all of my money mm-hmm. because I you know I do want to marry you. I'm going to give you all my money, and I need you to run this errand. A small errand, I believe she said. And he's small. like, sure, what do sure. you got? He's, she, like, he's like thinking, anything. like, you know, go go to like the, the territorial capital, get us a wedding license. Yeah. So he's like, like, all right. What do you got? It's great. She's like, go to Nebraska and buy 500 cattle and bring them back here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the hell? That's <laughs> not a small errand. But, of course, um, he agrees because he's like, sure. I mean, you know, because she does describe their life, what she wants their life to be. And it was very sweet because mm-hmm. she's like, we're going to have the biggest cattle ranch and we're going to have our family and it's gonna be awesome so mm-hmm. yeah um so he's gonna go yeah and you mentioned this while we we're watching is that a, she says it's gonna be like a six-month turnaround to get to nebraskan back and we're like how how it doesn't make any sense yeah i mean my my only in retrospect i'm like maybe when you're traveling with 500 cattle yeah maybe the return you have to little... move slower on the return mm-hmm. but i don't really know how far away Tucson is from anywhere in Nebraska by horse. <laughs> yep. It's probably like a two-hour flight, maybe. I don't know, two, three-hour <laughs> flight, but they don't have air travel in um, 
or clearly a railroad. So in this time, so so he's gonna go and um, snidely whiplash. Resort, resorting to increasingly complex and yeah plots like you know and this was funny because when he first started talking to Ward he's like gave him some good business advice mm-hmm. on how to like improve his business or somewhat legally run Phoebe out of business yeah. by like oh we'll buy off all of her best drivers and then just charge charge more for your stuff mm-hmm. so I'm like you think he's a good businessman but I'm like. It's just all about trying to steal Phoebe's money. Yeah. And I'm like, why? But anyway, he's like, you know what? We're just going to rob Phoebe safe and run to Mexico. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Sure. And then we're going to turn around and lend her the same money back again. And that's Ah. exactly what they do. They rob her safe, and then he comes back in literally the day after her money is stolen. And it says, like, hey, I heard you lost 15 grand. You know what? I'll loan you fifteen grand for six percent interest. <laughs> this isn't a coincidence at all. And we'll use your uh, ranch and your your s- business and your business as collateral. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's reasonable, isn't it? Of course, it's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, see veiled um, uh, criticism of banks in the wake of the Great Depression here. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So then. Um, Muncie is kind of a little upset that she borrowed money from him, but is kind of like, well, you know, we're in it now. I'm going to go get the cattle, and then I'll come back and we'll deal with him. Mm Because I still don't trust him. And she's kind of like, I know you don't trust him, but it was in the heat of the moment. Like, he had the money. Like, we were so close to our dream, so I I took it. Like, it'll Mm -hmm. be fine. So, of course, Whiplash is like, as soon as Muncie's gone, we'll take over her business and the (laughs) ranch. (laughs) Yeah. I guess part of them were thinking, like, it seemed like they thought that Muncie wasn't going to come back, like he was just going to take the money and run. Right, yeah, just spend it all on beer and women and, and uh, in Dodge City or something. Right, but part of me is like, they should know that Phoebe is a sharp enough lady that she probably wouldn't fall mm-hmm. for that, but I guess she did fall for Carteret's and, stuff. Although, I think it's certainly hinted that throughout the film that Phoebe kind of has a good judge of character. Except for this guy. Oh, wait, what? oh yeah, yeah, except for Carteret because plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Phoebe's setting up the ranch, and then one day, Snidely Whiplash shows up and is like, hey, loan's due tomorrow. And she's like, what? We didn't talk about that. She makes it seem like they did not talk about a due date. And I was like, I feel like when you get a loan from someone, like, you should yeah. maybe pin that down. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we didn't talk about when I would pay you back. And I was like, okay. Sure. All right. So he wants the money tomorrow, and if he doesn't get it tomorrow, he's going to take over her property. Reasonable. Right. And um, the scouts, there's union scouts who they're like, hey, your boy is like a day out He'll, you know, with the cattle. He's Half coming a day in. out, yeah. So um, Snidely Whiplash hears this and is like, hey, go tell those Indians that we paid before to attack right, the, the cattle. The, the engines, the, the plot device tribe. The plot tribe. engines, yes. The plot tribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, now we have a pretty epic shootout with um, the herd of cattle, some stampeding. And what I enjoyed, we got some good old-timey gunfight where everybody just fire your guns in the air, and if all else fails, just wave the gun around. And like, then fall off your horse dramatically. Wave it back and forth. Don't fire it, just wave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a dramatic fashion. So, um, they do win. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they were they were able to drive off the uh, the the Indians, plot device Indians, and um, then they get the cows home, and uh, then it's time for the wedding. Mm-hmm. So uh, the town is all excited. One thing that is pretty funny, and they keep mentioning this, and I find, <laughs> and it's hard to believe because it seems like this film takes place over several years. Yeah, and you see the town grow. Yeah, and there's and there's you see other women in the town. Yeah, and like because early on, someone was like, "Oh, Phoebe, wouldn't it be funny if you have the first American child in Arizona territory? Like you give birth to that first American child here?" And we're like. What? It means white child. Well, even <laughs> <laughs> even so, though. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a big territory, right? Arizona, and Arizona. there's young people there. I'm like, and then when they get married, they're like, "This is a historic event. It's the first wedding in Arizona territory." And I'm like, well, "What? What about the How? people of Mexican descent? Or and you know, de- technically they count as white. So, huh? Right. And I'm like. There's plenty of other young people there. I'm like, you mean to tell me no one has had a baby or gotten married mm-hmm. in Tucson? They just spent all that time building houses, building houses, and just drink, drinking, yeah, just drinking. Hi, cat. Drinking and shooting, and the cat is back. The cat, the cat is back. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the wedding, they give a really pretty carriage at the ranch mm-hmm. to take them to the wedding. And, of course, you know, um, Rosa, who lives, I guess she works at the house, too. She's like, oh, well, she's not ready yet, but she'll be ready soon, teehee. She's <laughs> adorable. Um, and so Muncie goes and sits under a tree, a lovely shaded tree, and he pulls out one of his guns to look at it, because yeah. that's what you do. And then you look at your other gun. So he's got both his guns, and he's looking at them. Like he's never seen them before. Like, right, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's a gun. Look <laughs> at it. There it is. It's got six bullets in it. Right, look at it. Impressive. And then, of course, you know, Phoebe comes out in her wedding dress and veil, looking very pretty. Which, bad luck, dude. Come on. Yeah, don't look at your, the bride on the wedding day. God. <laughs> right. Not until you're at the aisle or whatever. Yeah. But then, like, he's looking at his guns. He turns around. He's basically pointing his guns at his bride. And I'm pretty sure it's bad luck to point a gun at your bride on a wedding day. <laughs> I mean, I'm, Pro I'm tip. not big on Pro tip kids. wedding customs. Don't point a gun at your bride. Pretty much don't point a gun at anyone you don't want to shoot. It's pretty good advice. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's what I learned. Yeah. You know. If you don't, you know. If you have a firearm, don't point at anything you don't want to shoot. Yeah. Because it could go off. Yeah. Yeah. That's our, the more you know. The more you know. Yeah. Pro tip. Pro tip, kids. Yeah, so basically, they get married and Muncie's kind of like, I'm going to take care of Carteret. Mm-hmm. Because he had been killing... He killed Ward. Yeah, he killed. He shot. Yeah, because like Carteret is like he gets like furious. He's gonna shoot Muncie in the back while they're driving the cattle through town, mm-hmm. and then he's just like, "Well, well, uh, uh, Phoebe's only gonna be a bride for five minutes," and like, and I'm like, "Well, you're not a bride for very long. Like, once you put that wedding dress on, you're a bride until you say I do, and then you're a wife. So like." <laughs> And their ceremony was like five minutes, so she t- was a bride for probably. Yeah, the e- even the, the justice, the peace, he got cleaned up. He's like, I've been, I haven't drunk in six months. Yeah, and, well, and his suit was clean. His suit was clean, yeah. and he had stopped slurring. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> is the judge supposed to be like a stand-in for the state of affairs in town? <laughs> and like, oh, it's all cleaned up now. Exactly. We got so. Yeah. So that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But basically, you know that Carteret's gonna mess up the wedding. He wants to wants to shoot Muncie real bad. Oh yeah. Because I guess he figures if he shoots Muncie, it'll be easier for him to take over Phoebe's ranch. Mm-hmm. Which part of me is like, Phoebe likes to point guns at people all the time too. Like yeah, she's but she's, she's a little bit Phoebe. more judicious of pulling the trigger. All right. So I mean, she never actually shot anyone in yeah. the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Muncie goes off looking for Carteret. We don't see we don't see what happens between them because he tells Phoebe, like, hey, go to the general store. And just hang out. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you there. Yeah, this is a Warner's store. So she's in the store and she kind of tells um, Saul, she's like, I need to buy some things. Like, take an order because she's obviously scared. So she's been, you know, and Saul's like, well, shouldn't you wait to see if your husband dies? And she's like, no. I'm gonna need flour and sugar and yeah, she's just other she, thing. listing normal like your shopping list. Yeah, she's not getting hysterical. She's like, I'm gonna focus on the task at hand. Right. He says he has it under control. I'm gonna trust him. Right. She can tell like she's tearing up a little bit, but she's like, I'm gonna trust him. I don't she, like it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But and you hear gunfire. Yeah. And then Muncie walks in and he's got his hand all bandaged up. Which where did he did he have a bandage on him? Yeah, yeah I I don't know. Maybe I mean like did he bring a bandage to the wedding day? I mean, somebody... Did they have a hand fasting and we missed it? <laughs> like, where did he get the bandage? I, I can't did he get shot in the hand? I don't understand. I'm assuming he got shot in the hand and you could have gotten a bandage anywhere. I think you're, looking, you're, you're really reading into this. <laughs> well, just lying around? Like... <laughs> you're, you're, you, you. I found that... <laughs> Egregious. Hashtag bandage gate. Egregious. Tweet it. Yes. Find out the truth. Find the truth. Where did the bandage come from? Where did the bandage come from? 1940, Arizona. Find it. Find it. <laughs> so please, tweet your answers. <laughs> At hashtag, we don't have a hashtag. Right. Make up your own hashtag and I'll never find it. Hashtag cowpunchers. We won't read it. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I don't Twitter. We don't Twitter. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we've won the day. Hooray. They mm. go back home and enjoy their lives. And that is the end. And the big the okay. end crawls across the screen. Uh, so now we turn to, um, I guess, well, let's, before we get into the intense part our of our discussion and our feelings. Uh, saloon search. Yes, tell us. Saloon. What's the best saloon in Arizona 1940? Well, we don't have... We, uh, we don't have a lot of choices because we have one saloon, and that is Ward Saloon. Which, let me... They say, like, have you checked Ward Saloon? Does that mean there's more saloons that we just didn't see? I, I Perhaps, but Ward's is the only one we go into. And you know what? It looks like a saloon you'd see in Arizona. It's got adobe walls. Uh, with You can see, like, the the, uh, the the mud brick showing through, and the roof is being held up with, like, the, these, these, like, logs. Uh, there's there's barrels across the back wall. There's the, the classic bartender like cleaning the glass. Yeah, he's always cleaning a glass too. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. There's glasses on the bar. And yeah. There's a person with you know there's a there's a brass rail trying to like yeah. you know, class the place up and people like got one leg up with an elbow on the bar smoking a cigar. This place is seriously cool. Yeah, it looked like a good frontier saloon. If I visit Arizona, I want to find a place like this. I'm sure we could find. And uh, it's just. And of course, oh yes, there's a stuffed bull's head behind the bar too, with like big long horns and. Right. So, yep, yep. This movie gets a quality saloon. Fuck yeah! 
thumbs up. Thumbs up. Oh, saloons. card tables, yeah. smoky air, uh, like 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 kerosene lanterns hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. 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 This is this is the saloon that launched a thousand other saloons. Ha! It was the front, the first frontier saloon of Arizona. Uh, but seriously, turn back to um, any minority. The biggest criticism I have of this film, and I'm sure people didn't think about it in 1940, is all the minorities are backdrops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, there's a few maybe Mexican or Spanish folks mm-hmm. as more than featured extras. Yeah, like the, the gentleman who like holds his... Yeah, like hat he ended up being the best man at the wedding. Yeah. I forget what his name was. was like, yeah. I didn't write it down. Well, his name is Spanish, so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and Rosa. Rosa. But yeah, just... Uh, it, they're more better represented than the uh, Native Americans yeah. who are just be like, you know, like, we're... Though it did look like they got Native Americans as extras for some of the scenes. Yeah, they, it's hard to tell. They looked like it, and the chief, uh, whose name was Frank. Mono, uh, the actor, his name was Frank Hill. Frank Hill. So, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. All in all, I'd have to say, though, this was a fun film. This is a fun watch. It was really fun. I, I was a little worried, being a film from the 40s, that it might be boring or mm-hmm. too outlandish or too offensive. <laughs> but it was yeah. actually it was a cool story. I think they added too many problems for Phoebe. I was like, they could have just stuck with one. I mean, it's a long movie. It's about two hours. Mm-hmm. So I think if they had cut out one of, you know, Charteret's gambits... Yeah, that would have made it a little bit. Because, as I said before, his his plot became increasingly uh, complex and increasingly, you know, lacking in gain. Yeah, I was like, it's like, well, he'll go to Nebraska and he won't return. And if he does return, we'll just steal the cattle then. Be like, what? what your your what? plan lacks gain. If you know, why do you keep going after this one lady? Like, you just what? You just lent a lady money. Granted, you stole it from her, but. You that's six percent interest. You could make good. You, you could open up a bank. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> why not just open problem? A, why not just open a bank? Like, like you're in the frontier, just start a business. A business. Frontier banker. Yeah, I'm like, why does every one of your plans have to be at the expense of this Phoebe woman? Like, what is wrong with you? He's a very specific type of criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, interesting. Very got a little cartoony near the end. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a fun film. I do recommend it. It's worth a watch. Um, it is black and white for those people who are offended by such films. But They're it's still fun. Uh, but let's see, what makes us a true Western? I think we have these beautiful vistas at certain times. Oh, beautiful vistas. Which, uh, you Rolling know, mountains. Rolling mountains, cloudy skies, just... Deserts. Deserts, dusty... Cacti. Cacti. It's, uh... It's pretty classic. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Lots of boys, lots of cows, mm-hmm. some cowboys. Some some would say call them cowboys, yes. Yeah. So we did get, this is, we had a lot of cows. We got to see cattle drive, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They said it was 500 head of cattle, but didn't I doubt like it was it. much more than 50. Yeah, I was like, mm, yeah, I mean, I didn't count, but it didn't mm-hmm. seem like 500 to me. Exactly. Maybe the filmmakers were saying, I hope no one notices. 
that this isn't 500. We called it incalculable cost because we didn't bother to count. Right, that's why it's incalculable. <laughs> Not because you couldn't, but because they didn't. <laughs> they lo- they burned the books. They burned the books like, like, yeah, we paid everybody off, so go to hell. Right. Try looking for it now. Right, tax man. You'll never know what we spent on this film. <laughs> Re-elect President Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, uh, I mean, you got anything else to say about, uh... 1940 yeah, I Arizona. It's a fun movie. It's it's definitely a western in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I thought they did a good job of making the town seem like a frontier town mm-hmm. rather than because you know you've got different kinds of old west towns. Yeah, you have your more established like oh we have a train stop here. So well, yeah, a we got a train more, station. We got a bank. Right, mm-hmm. a hotel. Like this was a very frontier town. No hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, buildings made out of mud and. <laughs> sticks. There's, they're pointing, like people are actually making at one point in the film, early in the film, they're uh, making houses out of the old Spanish walls surrounding the yeah, town. Yeah, which I was like, you know what? That's a great way to reuse materials. Exactly. You don't this, need a wall there anymore. This wall was built by the Spanish in 1680. <laughs> I know, and someone was like, look at those guys. They're too lazy to make their own bricks. And I was like, why would you make your own bricks if you could just use bricks that people Right, need? and... and Furthermore, like those bricks have been around for a while. They're pretty sturdy. So yeah, yeah of course. Why wait? Like yeah. Why get, leave up a wall that you don't need? Get off my back, you old coot. Yeah. <laughs> Go find some teeth. Yeah. <laughs> get yourself some teeth. Get yourself some teeth and come talk to me. You stupid bastard. <laughs> yeah. So some good dialogue. Um, I liked it. I would give it. Mm-hmm. What is it? So we have our scale out of six, six. shooters. Yeah, six. Uh, six six bullets. shooters. Boop you. I'll put. You know, give it a four and a half. I th- I think I think it's worth four. Yeah, uh, and I think five. I almost think it's almost uh, in some regards it's better than the first film we watched, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, which is widely regarded as a very good western. Yeah, but it's not Technicolor, but people look dirty. I like that. They did. They it look sweaty, very gritty. And which I enjoyed. Very pink, which reminds me, like the uh, like what some people were wearing at uh, in the film in summer and I wanted to check this out what is April like in Tucson so let's see here pull up the Wikipedia here let's, Ooh, take, let's take a look learning about Tucson what so, do we got So let's see in April the average high is Ooh. 95 degrees so it's hot <laughs> so it's hot people wearing like top hats and like, oh, yeah. like long coats yeah. no you are not doing that no you're going to be like having your sleeves rolled up you have your sleeves rolled up and you're not in the sun <laughs> no in fact it looks like the average the lowest average high per month is January and that's a cool 65 degrees in Tucson Arizona oh god in June it's 100 <laughs> yeah no <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend to watch, especially if you like old films. Mm-hmm. I it's thought a, it was good. It was a good time. So. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, that does it for us here at Cow Punchers. Uh, I'm Stuart Kaufman. And I'm Amy McLeod. Watch yourselves out there on the trail. Yeah! <laughs>